Shabbat Shalom once again. In 2013, Hanukkah came at the same time that it always does, the 25th of Kislev. But on the Gregorian calendar, it fell early, coinciding with Thanksgiving. This gave rise to a new hybrid holiday, Thanksgivinga. And I know this holiday is real because I have a picture of myself and some beautiful members of my family wearing our Happy Thanksgivinga shirts at the Dallas Turkey Trot. Now, lest you worry that you forgot to send your hallmark Happy, happy Thanksgivinga cards to all of your friends and family, do not fret. I am assured that because of the, the Hebrew calendar is slipping ever so slowly behind the solar calendar at the rate of about four days every thousand years, this holiday will not occur again until the year 79,811. So you have plenty of time to run to the store for your cards. And now you are forewarned. But while the two holidays will not converge again in our lifetimes, I want to make the case that Hanukkah is truly a closer cousin to Thanksgiving than it is to that other holiday with which it is more closely associated or more often associated because it usually falls out in December and because we have emphasized the custom of giving gifts on Hanukkah. And Jacob left Beersheba and set out for Haran. So begins our parsha this morning. The stories in the book of Bereshit, the book of Genesis, that are particular to the Jewish people have three main characters, Avraham, Yaakov, and Yosef. What is the common denominator of all these three characters? They all face a similar struggle to our own. They all struggle with the idea of trying to be Jewish in a land that is not their own. Ironically for Avraham, that land is the land of Israel, or Kinaan, as it was known at the time. But he describes himself in Parshat Chayei Sarah as Ger v'toshav anochi imachem, a stranger and a resident, I am among you, really capturing the tension of Jews in diaspora. On the one hand, we are Jews, strangers, a people unique in our destiny and our mission in this world. On the other hand, we are residents, fully participating in the civic life of our country. In our parasha, Yaakov leaves Israel, his homeland, and goes to Haran, where he lives for many years in the house of Lavan. Finally, it is Yosef who is sold by his brothers to a caravan of Ishmaelites, who in turn take him to Egypt and sell him into slavery there. But by the time the book of Genesis ends, Yosef has managed to rise to become the second most powerful person in the land, all while retaining his Jewish identity. Switching over to Thanksgiving, most people know Thanksgiving as commemorating that in 1621, the Plymouth colonists and the Native Americans shared an autumn harvest feast that is acknowledged today as one of the first Thanksgiving celebrations in the colonies. But this was not the only stated reason for Thanksgiving. On October 3rd, 1789, President George Washington issued the first Thanksgiving proclamation. Now, therefore, I do recommend and assign Thursday, the 26th day of November next, to be devoted by the people of these states to the service of that great and glorious being who is the beneficent author of all the, all the good that was, that is, or that will be, that we may unite in rendering unto him our sincere and humble thanks 
for his kind care and protection of the people of this country previous to their becoming a nation, for the signal and manifold mercies, manifold mercies and the favorable interpositions of his providence, which we experienced in the course and conclusion of the late war, for the great degree of tranquility, union, and plenty, which we have since employed, for the peaceable and rational manner in which we have enabled to establish constitutions of government for our safety and happiness, and particularly the national one now lately instituted, for the civil and religious liberty with which we are blessed and the means we have of acquiring and diffusing useful knowledge, and in general for all the great and very favors which he hath been pleased to confer upon us. Meaning, and that's a lot of words, meaning that the very first Thanksgiving proclamation was made to give thanks to God for the ability to establish constitutions of government, particularly the federal constitution, which provided for civil and religious liberties. But wait, you say, that's wonderful, but freedom of religion and freedom from religious tests apply to all religions, not just to the Jews. So how is this particularly Jewish? It turns out that there was a religious Jew named Jonas Phillips living in Philadelphia at the time of the resolution and the establishment of the United States. He was very civically involved and wanted to run for a, uh, for a seat on the Pennsylvania legislature. He wrote the following letter to George Washington, then the president of the Constitutional Convention, which was taking place in Phillips' home city of Philadelphia. This letter, interestingly enough, is dated Philadelphia 24th of Elul, 5547, or September 7th, 1787. I, the subscriber, being one of the people called the Jews of the city of Philadelphia, a people scattered and dispersed among all nations, do behold with concern that among the laws in the Constitution of Pennsylvania, there is a clause that states, I do believe in one God, the creator of, and governor of the universe, the rewarder of good and the punisher of the wicked, and I do acknowledge the scriptures to the old, I do acknowledge the scriptures of the Old and New Testament to be given by divine inspiration. And then he continues to swear and believe that the New Testament was given by divine inspiration is absolutely against the religious principle of a Jew and is against his conscience to take any such oath. By the above law, a Jew is deprived of holding any public office or place of government, which is contradictory to the, uh, to the Bill of Right. Notice, he is not complaining about the inability to practice his religion, which he may do so freely, but merely that since he couldn't in good conscience affirm the divinity of the New Testament, this prevented him from holding public office. He is arguing to be able to fulfill the words of Avraham, to be a ger, a distinct, unique Jew, and a toshav, a resident, fully able to participate in the civic life of the United States. And this was not something for a Jew to take for granted. There were certainly many countries where Jews thrived in many ways, but did not necessarily have the ability to hold public office. The end result? I can't say that it was because of Philip's letter, but the Constitutional Convention indeed produced a document that included these words. No religious test shall ever be required as a quali qualification to any office or public trust under the United States. Now, it did take some states a little longer to get rid of their religious tests, but the U.S. Constitution banned it from the get-go. So how does this relate to Hanukkah? Hanukkah 
is a festival when we celebrate a victory in the fight for religious freedom more than 2,000 years ago. In and about 165 BCE, Antiochus IV, ruler of the Syrian branch of the Alexandrian Empire, began to impose Greek culture on the Jews of the land of Israel. Funds were diverted from the temple to public games and competitions. A statue of Zeus was erected in Jerusalem. Jewish rich, religious rituals, such as circumcision and Shabbat, were banned. Those who kept these rituals were persecuted. The Maccabees' victory was a victory over the oppressors of our religious freedom. So too, Thanksgiving, seen through the eyes of a Jew like Jonas Phillips, must have been a celebration of a victory for religious freedoms. Moreover, it turns out that not everybody was in favor, uh, uh, not everybody was in favor of a day of Thanksgiving celebrating the Constitution. While we commonly think of the Constitution as a document that preserves our rights from government infringement, some, the Anti-Federalists, were afraid the Constitution would be a vehicle for governmental tyranny. Thomas Tudor Tucker from South Carolina declared, why should the president tell the people to do something they might not have mind to do? How do, you, how do we know that the people are thankful for a constitution that hasn't been tried out very long? We do not know yet, but they may have reason to be dissatisfied with the effects it has already produced. But the argument of, that prevailed was made by Roger Sherman of Connecticut, who said, on any signal event, not only as a laudable one in itself, but as warranted by a number of precedents in Holy Writ, for instance, the solemn thanksgiving and rejoicing, which took place in the time of Solomon after the building of the temple, was a case in point. And here, too, is where Hanukkah comes into play. You see, Hanukkah means dedication. The first Hanukkah Tabayit, dedication of the temple, was in the time of Solomon. It is the dedication after which Hanukkah is modeled, so much so that in a year when Hanukkah spans two Shabbatot, in other words, in a year when the first day and the last day fall on Shabbat, the Haftarah we read on the second Shabbat of Hanukkah is about the glory of Solomon's temple once the work was completed and was to be dedicated. And that is the example that Roger Sherman chose when arguing in favor of thanksgiving. Why did he choose the example of Solomon's temple to argue in favor of thanksgiving? Possibly, sorry, possibly because Solomon's temple was dedicated at the height of the kingdom's power, but it was dedicated not by praising the might and power and the glory of the kingdom, but by giving thanks to God. And what might Sherman have thought to be the best way to assuage the fears of those who worried this new government of the United States would become tyrannical, it was by instituting a yearly day of thanks and acknowledgement to a power above its own. Now, I'm not naive. I realize that we still face anti-Semitism in the United States. I realize that we have to be vigilant and stand up against anti-Semitism whenever and wherever it may arise. But I am thankful to know that when we do fight back against these evils, we have the ability to say that these people are not living up to the values expressed by the founding documents of the United States. I am also thankful that we live in a country that allows us to be fully, in the words of Avraham, gerim vitoshavim, gerim unique in our calling to fully realize ourselves as Jews, all the while being toshavim, full residents, able to, be, uh, to fully participate in our country's civic and political life. Shabbat shalom. We will turn now to our Musaf service and will rise 
beginning on page 185. We'll recite 185, 186 together with Chazan's Repker. We'll skip over page 187. We will conclude our out loud davening with Chazan's Repker on top of page 188, then continue silently through the rest of the Amidah through page 192. Once again, page 185.